Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo. So I'm trying something a little bit different here on these solo podcasts. I am actually recording video of me just talking into my microphone here. And if you are curious, that is going to be on the Oakland Warriors YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Oakland Warriors. So definitely go check that out there and subscribe. That would be awesome. Right now, I just quickly want to talk about the Warriors draft picks and eventually some free agency stuff. And then also some of these silly Kevin Durant rumors going back to the Warriors or him wanting to go back to the Warriors stuff. Um, It must be a slow time of the year right now. But first, start off with the draft. The Warriors took with the 28th pick. They took Patrick Baldwin Jr. And I'll be honest, I did not know much about that guy at all. I was on our preview episode with Aaron in Toronto, and I was like, hey, uh, I wouldn't mind if they trade the pick, you know, because how useful could it be? But Aaron thought that they would actually use the pick because that's what the Warriors do now. They draft young guys and they have a very, very good development staff at this point. They've invested in that. So why not do it? So they took Patrick Baldwin Jr. And after looking him up and watching some tape on the guy, I like the pick. I like it a lot. I think it is a smart pick, you know, he could eventually down the road give the Warriors what they don't really have and what they haven't and what other teams have had. And when other teams have this young, tall, stretch big, it's kind of annoying <laughs> on other teams. You know, it's like, ah, guard that guy. Or like, oh, I wish the Warriors had some dude like that. And you might as well take a shot at someone at number 28, someone who will have some high upside. For those of you who don't know, he was a top five, top eight guy in his draft class. And he passed on Duke. He passed on North Carolina. He passed on Kentucky. And he played for his dad at a mid-major, which was Milwaukee. You know, I didn't even know after all these years, Milwaukee had a college basketball team. But... He also had a an ankle injury, which messed him up during his freshman year a little bit. I think that injury was sustained in high school, but it lingered. It's not anything that was like catastrophic or anything like that, but you know, it definitely affected how he played and his team wasn't very good and he didn't shoot very well. In a lot of ways, it's kind of one of those guys that is like, come on, Looney, right? When he was drafted, Kevon Looney had more serious health issues with his hip and then eventually his other hip. But Looney was also one of those guys who was a top prospect, but because his freshman year he got hurt and he had to sit, he dropped. And, you know, totally different players at this point, but it's just one of those flyers that you take and you can afford to at this point in the draft. And, you know... I hope it works out. I watched clips of the guy and he's not the quickest, 
let's be honest. But he does look pretty fluid out there, and he has ball skills. He can put the ball on the deck and attack the basket a little bit. I'll be curious to see how he can get by NBA players. And, you know, it may take a while. I don't expect anything from him on the court for at least a couple years. Yes, he'll get on the court in garbage time. And, you know, Kerr likes to throw guys out there just to see what they can do. But, you know, I I, I like the pick overall. His three-point shot, you know, it was supposed to be a strength. His freshman year, his one year in college, he shot 26.6%, which is terrible. But his motion doesn't look broken. And I think that if there's any team that can solve some of these issues that he's had, it's the Golden State Warriors, right? I mean, they've invested in all these coaches and they helped Jonathan Kaminga with his shot. They helped Gary Payton II with his shot. So I like it right now. Patrick Baldwin's three-pointer, he actually brings it up from pretty low. He catches a ball and he brings it almost below his waist and then rises up. So I think in the future, he's going to have to just like learn how to catch the ball higher and not dip it down, but just go straight up. Obviously, someone like Clay Thompson is amazing at that. He'll just catch the ball in front of his face and go straight up and, and swish it. But, you know, these are all things that... I think the Warriors coaching staff can can help with their first second round pick, Ryan Rollins. They took, I believe, with the 44th pick. They traded actually they bought that pick from the Hawks for like two million in cash. <laughs> I wish I could just throw around two million in cash. But I like this pickup too. The Warriors, one of the things that they've needed is a point guard, like a backup point guard. And it's good to get a guy who is a combo guard who can get his own shot off and who has decent size. He's like 6'3", 6'4", and he has long arms. He has like a 6'10 wingspan. So he can learn how to play NBA defense, of course. So I think that he fills potentially some needs for the Warriors. He can get his shot off in crafty ways. He has a decent mid-range. He's athletic, but he's not like crazy John Morant type athletic, obviously, because if he were, then he would have been a lottery pick. But he's good, and he can get to the bucket. He has a good pull-up. And most importantly, with his size, he won't get crazy bodied on defense. You know, He's not like some dude who just can get knocked over. He's a little skinny, but who isn't at age 19, 20, or whatever he is? I also think, though, that he has like that kind of body type that can put on muscle and he probably has some some strength even though he's a little skinny he might be gary payton the second gp2 insurance if he leaves in free agency obviously he's not somebody's gonna play right away but you know again it might take a while he'll play in garbage time and kerr will throw him out there during the regular season to see what he can do and you know he's not Gary Payton the second, but eventually just down the road. Their final pick was the Brazilian guy, Gui Santos. If I'm pronouncing that wrong, I'm sorry. I just don't know how it's pronounced. But, you know, he's a late second round pick. Santos is somebody who has some skills. He can shoot. He can put the ball on the floor a little bit. 
and he has good size for a guard at six six. But he's also one of those guys that right now does not have NBA speed, and it's just one of those things. You see him, you draft him, you put him in the G League, and you see if he can develop. Maybe he'll stay in Brazil. I don't know, but if he's gonna be in the states, he'll be in the G League for a while. He's gonna be a project until he actually kind of gets uh, used to the NBA physicality and the speed and all that. I won't pretend to know. I know anything else about that guy, but dudes drafted where he was, you know, you might not ever see him again, (laughs) but if we do, Hey, great. That's awesome. That being said, you know, like I think that with these dudes, you know, it's not a priority. You want to refill the tank a little bit. You saw it during the presser, right? They didn't have either Bob Myers or Bob Fitzgerald there, who are usually mainstays, right? Bob Myers introduces, Fitz, he presents and all that stuff. So they had Mike Dunleavy Jr., who is assistant GM. And some other guy, I don't know if he was a Fitz replacement or if he was a translator for Santos, but regardless, like it wasn't a major, major event like it was last year when you had Kaminga Moody to big lottery picks, or even when you had James Wiseman and Nico Mannion back in 2020 outdoors because of COVID, etc. So bottom line, these picks are low risk, high reward. And, you know, we'll see, we'll see how they develop in summer league and whether or not in training camp, they wow anybody. I don't expect them to get much playing time unless one of them really pops with some crazy skill. Like if PBJ, if his shot just starts clicking all of a sudden, then you have a guy that you could throw out there during the regular season, camp him out in the corner. You know, a guy who's 6'9", who can get his shot off super duper easily over guys. That might be an interesting wrinkle, but bottom line, uh, don't expect too much right away. Definitely not in the playoffs next season but they're just good pieces to have in a lot of ways. You know, the way I kind of look at this Warriors team now, it's almost like a traditional college powerhouse back in the day when guys would stay until their senior year. Right. You have the vets who are like this older, like the, like literally like the seniors of the team. And then you have the Kamingas, the Moody's, the Wiseman's who are like the, the underclassmen, like the, the the blue chip freshman class from last year. And you're just reloading those prospects year in, year out, which is crazy to think about because you never see that with an NBA team where you have so many guys, like a whole class of guys who are literally developing and ready to step into roles as the years go by. Dipping into free agency. So I believe that starts this Thursday. And for the Warriors, looking at their own free agents, obviously the priorities are Kevon Looney and then maybe to a slightly lesser degree, Gary Payton II. So Looney, he's been proven. I mean, we saw what he did against some of the best centers, some of the bigger, stronger, more athletic dudes in the playoffs. And I just think you have to re-sign him because he brings that stability, he helps you win a title. And you don't know exactly yet what's going to come from James Wiseman. I'm a big James Wiseman believer, always have been. If he's healthy, I hope he's right. Then I think he can just continue to improve and start showing what he can do. 
But Looney, I think, I mean, when he was a free agent last time, I expected him to get more offers, but he didn't. Maybe people thought that he was just a function of the Warriors system. Maybe because of his injury history, they didn't know if he was worth it. And that could all be true. But right now, I think he'll probably get some offers. I have no idea how much. But if they can keep him somehow, some way, that would be really, really key. Gary Payton II, I mean, if he gets an offer from somewhere that the Warriors can't match, by all means, go for that. Because at this point in his career, 29, going on 30, I mean, just just take the money, man. You know, you got a ring, take the money, get paid while you can. And again, I hope the Warriors can keep him, but we'll see. I think if he leaves, then the Warriors are back in that same position that they were in at the beginning of this past season where they need that point of attack guard to stop guys like, or at least pick up guys like John Morant, like De'Aaron Fox, like Kyrie Irvin, like Dame Lillard, you know, if those guys play as much as they usually do <laughs> next year, but you know, you're going to need somebody. Obviously you have Clay back and you've have Andrew Wiggins who has found his groove, found his calling as a, defensive stopper but I don't think you want to waste those guys especially Clay with his injury history waste those guys on point of attack guards right like even though Clay wants to get back to that point you don't want to have him deal with all that stuff throughout the season so if you can keep Gary Payton the second and obviously he also gave the Warriors so much more than just being that point of attack defensive guard he gave you somebody who could you know, being that dunker spot at 6'3", somebody who was reliable, under the basket, layups, just a smart, savvy guy in general. And because of his athleticism, because of his strength, he played bigger than his 6'3". And if they can keep him, I think that's another key. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Otto Porter Jr., Solid vet says he wants to come back. He played for the minimum. Would he be willing to do that again? I have no idea. You know, I mean, he plays his role happily. He hits big threes. He plays defense. He guards much bigger dudes at the power forward and center spots. He also rebounds really well. And I mean, in a lot of ways, he's that veteran presence that he's kind of like a Sean Livingston, right? Different games. But some guy you can come in who can come into the game, you could just slot in there and more or less he'll be super dependable, right? The same way Sean was dependable with that turnaround mid-range jumper. Otto Porter Jr., he had some cold streaks, but I mean, he was pretty solid for the greater part of the season from three. He would come in and it was like, oh, Otto Porter Jr. had just hit two threes. Great. So hopefully that love affair between him and the Warriors stays and they can re-sign him. But again, like, are they willing to pay him a little bit more? Is he willing to play for the minimum still? Those are the big questions that after the parades, after the vacations, after all the, you know, trophy kissing and trophy hugging, those are the questions that come up and things start to get a little bit realer. Andre Godala, I would love to have Andre be on this team next season as like the Adonis Haslam type who barely plays. I mean, I don't think Haslam plays at all, but who's a vet that is good for pretty much everybody 
on the team and in the organization, right? I mean, if he gets out there on the court, he's healthy, and he could probably give you some defense, some savvy ball handling, point guard play type stuff like that. But, I mean, just think about how good he is for the vets, how good he is for Steph, Clay, Draymond, just having him on the team, how good he is for Steve Kerr, having that Arizona guy (laughs) and just another guy who can talk to the players. And he'd be awesome still. He is awesome for the young guys. He's been a great vet for young guys going back to like Patrick McCaw, right? If McCaw had stayed, McCaw's career would still be happening. It would still be different. Think about how much Andre has helped Jordan Poole, Kaminga, Wiseman, Moody. And then you have these other young guys coming in. I just think that he would be able to provide a lot of leadership and just guidance to some of these guys. And, you know, (laughs) if I'm Andre, I played for the minimum. I would do it again, honestly, because if you're like me and you know, you've known for a while that this team was going to be better next season, then why wouldn't you, you know, (laughs) you have a shot at a fifth ring with the same core of guys that you've won rings with before. So why not? You know, run it back if he wants to. And if there's that slot, then give him the roster spot, you know? You know, some people have talked about maybe he should just retire and become a coach. But, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that he has so many other interests outside of basketball that the time it would take to devote to coaching and doing all that stuff, going on the road, whatever, that it wouldn't be something that he's interested in immediately. You know, I mean, the dude is into tech, into his podcast, into being an investor, all that stuff. So, you know, I don't think coaching is immediately something that he would do if he were to stop playing. So if he's willing and the Warriors are willing to keep him and to pay him a little bit, then I think he'd be amazing to have just on the roster in general. I mean, he was, he was great, even though we didn't see him much on the court this past season, but you just saw in the postseason him coaching guys up like Wiggins, you know, that viral video of him, like calling Wiggins over, explaining some stuff very adamantly. And I think that would be helpful even into next season for sure. Hockey fans, the pursuit of the Stanley Cup is on and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Guys like JTA and Damian Lee, it's crazy because those guys have such a connection to this team, right? Damian Lee, he is Steph's stepbrother or brother-in-law, excuse me. And JTA, his story growing up in Oakland and being that guy 
you know, local boy makes good, kind of a, a dream story and everything. Honestly, those guys are great end of bench players to have, right? They played major minutes during the play-in season where they lost two games in the play-in and didn't get to the playoffs. But if they are willing to come back, then, hey, they're not terrible to have. But, you know, JTA, he signed with Clutch. I'm sure he'll find a landing spot, hopefully somewhere. And, you know, Damian Lee, I mean, they have skills. It's just a question of will the Warriors take them on? I mean, the Warriors drafted Ryan Rollins. That's another guard. Does that automatically push the interest in Damian Lee out the window? You know what I mean? Because once you drafted Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga, those guys are just better versions, better and younger versions of JTA and Damian Lee. So now with this Rollins guy, do you want to free up that roster spot? You know, who knows? Who knows? Honestly, I would take Andre Godala over both those guys for all the reasons I just said. But, you know, JTA, Damian Lee, I mean, they're better than James Michael McAdoo. <laughs> they're better than Quinn Cook to have. So we'll see how it goes. Nemanja Bialica, I like that dude. Seems like a nice guy. But honestly, you could probably find a better, more consistent stretch center, stretch big than him. And I'm sure there's going to be a bunch of ring chasers in free agency who could probably fit the bill. So I appreciate Bielitsa. If he comes back, great. But if not, with all of his other shortcomings, you know, like I hope he lands somewhere. But I think we can find somebody who does what he does a little bit more consistently and can give you a little bit more. After free agency, we'll see the focus ends up on summer league. And like I said, with a roster of James Wiseman, potentially Jonathan Kaminga, he's playing internationally for, for his country, democratic Republic of Congo. And then you'll have Moses Moody playing some, and then you'll have hopefully Patrick Baldwin jr. If his ankle gets cleared by the Warriors staff medical team, and then you'll have Ryan Rollins. So, you know, what I'm looking for is just to see what, those guys can bring given the opportunity. I want to see what what Rollins can do on defense, what he can do offensively, beating guys off the dribble, how his shot looks. Same with PBJ. And then with James Wiseman, I mean, that's the big one right there. First and foremost, you want to see that dude healthy. You don't want to see him have any setbacks. You want to see his athleticism pop. And he's playing against guys who have played more often, but aren't necessarily more talented than he is. So I would love to see him dominate a little bit. He's much stronger than all those guys. And I would love to see a little hint of what he can do. Some of that just stuff that pops off the screen that we saw his rookie year. He's never had a summer league and he only played a few games when he came back in the G league. So this is big for him. You know, this will tell us a lot moving forward. I think, that's what most of the eyes will be on. And if he plays somebody, you know, that is a top pick from the last year or two. I mean, hopefully he doesn't get worked over, you know, hopefully he looks like he is the better of the two players when he's facing up against 
I don't know. I don't know if he'll play Chet Holmgren. I haven't looked at the schedules. I don't know if he'll play against any of the other centers that, that got taken this year, but you don't want him to look out of place. You want to see his conditioning be decent. You want to see his strength and you want to see him be athletic and be relatively fundamentally sound, but we'll see again. He's only worked out most of the year, played a couple games and uh, he needs those reps as we all know. So that's pretty much that. This Kevin Durant stuff. My guy Kevin Lai messaged me on Twitter saying that there's word on the street that KD wants back to the Warriors. I don't know at this point if that's still true. I've seen some mentions of KD. I mean, there's so much drama with the Nets, with Kyrie Irving, with Kevin Durant, what he's going to do, all that jazz. But let me just say, in terms of the Warriors, I mean, that's that's just kind of silly at this point, right? Like, the Warriors just won a title with the team that they have, and they're going to be better next year. Why would you bring this into the equation all over again? And obviously, you know, you would have to give up a lot to the Nets to get Kevin Durant. You would have to give up Andrew Wiggins. You know, the salary slot guy that everybody talked about last summer, preseason, early this season before the trade deadline. And you'll have to give up some of the young talent. And you know me, I love young talent. I love homegrown talent. So to me, that's all just like a a non-starter, right? We've seen this before. Like Steph is finally getting back to being widely appreciated for who he is and what he can do. We all knew it. Right, We never doubted it, but why would you bring Kevin Durant and then all of a sudden have it be uh, this kind of pseudo made up hot take drama, you know, just fodder for the Nick Wrights of the world, the Stephen A. Smiths and all that stuff, you know, just endless chatter, distractions, all this, all, all that jazz. And you don't, you don't want that. I don't want that. You know, the cost of getting KD in terms of not just the talent and the chemistry like there's also a cost for that awkwardness because of the PR hit and just the optics of it all, right? If they went on to win the next two titles with Kevin Durant, then it's like the same old chatter that we always hear. And it's just, it's, you just don't want to see that anymore. And again, like I think the Warriors will be better next season. So why would you do that? <laughs> if the Warriors lost the title, to the Celtics, or if they didn't make it far into the playoffs, then all the second guessing comes out, right? Then it's like, oh, you shouldn't have drafted those guys maybe, or you should have traded them for someone else. Who knows, you know, that was available. Who knows who was available? Probably no one, you know? And like, there was nobody. You hear that chatter of like, oh, you should have signed a center during the uh, regular season, sign a big man, make a trade, all that jazz. And then it's like, oh, okay, what do you need to get over the hump? Then it's like, oh, KD, then maybe there's some legs to it. But at this point, it's it's just silly. And I feel like people have run out of stuff to talk about for, what, a week before free agency? And obviously now there's all this other stuff with like Kyrie and he maybe wanting to leave. And Kevin Durant maybe wanting to leave after him if he goes. So to me, it's like, I don't want KD coming to the Warriors. I don't dislike KD. I appreciate him for what he has done and for his time with Golden State. 
Uh, I think maybe he shouldn't clap back so much and hang out on Twitter, but that's his prerogative. That's that's what he enjoys doing, I guess. It's fun for him, he says. If KD ends up on maybe the Portland Trailblazers with Dame Lillard, that would suck because I wouldn't want that in the West. But I'll be honest, I would love to see how that works just out of curiosity as a basketball fan. I would love to see if they can make that happen, but who knows? Who knows? I mean, it'd be interesting too, because that means that KD would have played with the four best point guards of that era, right? He would have played with Russ. He would have played with Steph, Kyrie Irving, and then Damian Lillard. It's insane, you know? But that being said, I just don't see that happening. And I just, you know, wanted to briefly address it. I don't have any insider info whenever i see kevin durant trending on twitter or whatever like i am not interested i don't click on it i don't tap on it it's not any place where i'm digging deep i'm just kind of focused on seeing what the warriors do in free agency and then looking forward towards watching some summer league action on tv Anyway, that's all I got for now. This has been another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick Epino, E-P-I-N-O, or at Oakland Warriors. Check out our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Oakland Warriors. Check out our website, oaklandwarriors.com. And be sure, please, to tell your Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society and is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. And if you're so inclined, please do leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and or Apple Podcasts and say nice stuff about us in a review on Apple Podcasts. That would be hugely appreciated and helpful. Thanks for listening, and that's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time, and go Dubs. Go Dubs.